heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. My name is Ben Boast. I'm one of your regular hosts here, and sitting across from me, as always, is Mr. Kent Delhousay. How are things going for you today? I am alive and ready to talk. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about forgiveness, Ben. Oh, goodness. Really? Yeah. I, I, I need you to forgive me. What did I do? For oh, Wait, what did word, you do? <laughs> the new word I made up that you had to have me explain. Bazonkers? Bazonkers. <laughs> back to back. In the last episode, we introduced this new word that I used with Ben, and he said, what did you just say? And I said, bazonkers. So like a combination of bizarre and boinkers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, bizarre and bonkers. <laughs> oh, okay. Bizarre and bonkers. Oh, wow. <laughs> bazonkers. But why do I have to forgive you? Uh, because I, I used a word you didn't know. Well, you made it up on the spot. I know. So you forgive me? Yes, you're forgiven. Okay. So yes. we, we might drop that word now and again. Or like we said, maybe create a t-shirt, be looking for it. Mm. Anyway, yes, forgiveness. What an interesting talk, uh, topic that we get to discuss today. Um, I think it's one of those things in life that creates a bunch of tension for people. Mm -hmm. And yet embedded in this discussion right at the start at the beginning is this question, where does this idea of forgiveness come from? Why should anyone ever think that, wow, they've offended me, mm -hmm. they should ask for my forgiveness or vice versa? Mm -hmm. Does this even need to matter in the current scenario and conditions of our world? Well, I think it depends. I think honestly, it depends on a worldview, kind of, kind of what frame you come from, what's your philosophy of life. Yeah. I would say one of them has God and one of them doesn't. Right. I would say in a world that is godless, you know, and if, if you don't believe that God is there, then it doesn't matter. So are we implying that the nature of forgiveness is really embedded in a belief in God? I think it is. I personally do. I think it's rooted, you know, in this you know, almost like, like a parental sort of thing where the parent gets the kids together and says, Hey, you hurt your little sister. You need to apologize and you need to forgive him for doing that. It takes like a third party to sort mm -hmm. of intervene who knows it needs to happen to sort of take the two children and say, you need to forgive your brother. You need to forgive one another. Say you're sorry. Because we believe in that. <laughs> and so I, I, it takes a parental figure, a third party. And that's where I think God plays a role in this. I think God is kind of that ultimate third party mm -hmm. that gets in the way and says, you need to forgive one another. And you say, well, why? Because I told you so. And trust me, you'll understand someday why you should. But in a world without God, I would say it's all about me. It's there's no accountability. I the only reason I'd ever want to forgive or be forgiven in this world mm. is to is to relieve my own conscience, mm. you know, or to fix a relationship. Well, and we'll talk about this later. There's actually physical and mental health benefits to forgiveness, mm -hmm. which is interesting, mm -hmm. but I don't want us to run too quickly past right. this dialogue that we're having. At the top of our uh, session 2.5 under the soul on forgiveness in four dimensions of human health, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis, and it says this, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Mm, see, that's that's so perfect because um, how many things in history that are otherworldly 
people are drawn to them, but they don't understand why they should do it. And it takes context. So this, this one's a really good one. And I love CS Lewis always says good stuff, but it is a great idea. Like that sounds awesome. And people will say, I want to be forgiven when I screw up, but I don't want to forgive anybody else when they screw yeah, up. Yeah, I would love to be able to have something to hold on to, to hold over somebody's head that allows me to continue to think that they're a bad person or an evil person or they've offended me. And in many ways, it allows us to give ourselves permission to to do, to not do mm what it was that we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. which was handle conflict well. Mm-hmm. Because you have to move into it and people have to decide, well, where are the offenses and who needs to be forgiven or who needs to say they're sorry or how does this whole thing work out? But it brings us back to that initial state worldview and how we think about life is critical related to this specific topic. Mm-hmm. Because forgiveness implies there's an offense. It implies that something somewhere was broken. Or that I did something wrong. Right. And that's hard for a lot of people to get there. It suggests that there is wrong. And that goes back to the whole different philosophy of life. Especially when you're in a world where if people are making up their own rules on how life should happen and what is good or not good, what makes me happy or unhappy, all of those different things, where where is offenses in that? Well, the only offense is interpretation because you might interpret it as offense offensive, but I don't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm abiding by what I want to be and what I believe. And so in this world that's absent of accountability, parental accountability, so to speak, I only do what's expedient for me and you do what's expedient for you. So why should there be any need to admit that I'm wrong? Exactly. In a world where everyone's defining their own rules, mm-hmm. take two people living in an apartment complex. One above listens to really raunchy music. Let's just call it that. There is some that's out there. I think we would all agree on it. Don't call it art. Some of it's just raunchy. And they play it really loud. And then the person below is not that kind of person. But they have to deal with that. If that person below goes up and confronts the person above and says, hey, this really offends me that you play this music and play it so loudly within the parameters of what the law is. Mm -hmm. Because there is law in this. Like you can't create noise pollution all these different things. But they confront them. That person goes, the one who's playing the music goes, I'm, make, I'm doing what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. How can you tell me that I can't do that? Mm. Embedded in this reality is a whole conflict of philosophy around the way people think about life mm-hmm. and some things that just don't work. Yep. Like you can't go through life making up your own rules and expect everybody to accommodate your every whim Mm -hmm. based on the fact that this is you architecting your own happiness. Mm -hmm. You're going to offend somebody along the way, and I guarantee you they're going to let you know about it. Mm -hmm. So what do you do then? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Forgiveness um, implies that there needs to be some confession. In order to have forgiveness, someone needs to apologize. So what happens if no one ever apologizes? then there's no forgiveness. But see, that's the central issue that we need to get to here in this podcast. Mm-hmm. This episode is critical, and here's the fundamental question that I think is, is, is central. Does someone have to confess? Does someone have to ask for forgiveness and apologize right. in order for forgiveness to occur? Very interesting question. One that I've wrestled with a lot in my life. Yeah. And I, I talk with even a lot of religious folks, people who spend a lot of time in church and maybe call, call themselves Christians would say based upon the Bible that you don't 
need to do forgiveness unless the other person apologizes. So they go to that passage in the gospels where, you know, disciples go to Jesus and they ask him like, if my brother, you know, sins against me, do I need to forgive him? And Jesus says, yeah, you do. And not only that, but you need to forgive him a lot. 490 <laughs> times specifically. No, 70, 70 times seven. Yeah. And his point there was there was not 490 times. It was to forgive them. Every time they ask for forgiveness, you are obligated mm-hmm. to forgive them. So there's a condition that has to be met. So that defines a lot of people's philosophy of forgiveness. Forgiveness is something we do only when someone feels bad and apologizes. Mm. So what happens if you live in a world in which no one ever feels bad and apologizes? There's no forgiveness, because right? Because there's no reason to feel bad and apologize. That's right. If if we ascribe to the philosophy we were talking about just a little bit ago. Right. But what if you changed your view on forgiveness? And this is where the turn happens. And this is critical to this discussion. Is it possible? And perhaps did Jesus even talk about this? <laughs> that there's a kind of forgiveness that you can give to people that has nothing to do with what they do. Mm. They don't have to apologize. They don't even have to feel bad. You don't even have to hear from them. Is there something about forgiveness that we can do it on our own? And is there some sort of benefit that maybe God had in mind when he invented it Mm. that gives us something we need that has nothing to do with the offender? Yeah. Like to me, I think that is the most important part that we want to get to here when we talk about forgiveness yeah. is there's some value, there's some intentionality, there's some purpose to it that has nothing to do with those who hurt us. Yeah. Because listen, I, there's people who have hurt me in this life and there are people who have hurt you, I'm sure, Ben, yeah. and, and I'm sure you out there, growth junkies, have people who hurt you and they've never apologized. They maybe never even realize they hurt us. And they never will apologize. And we're, we're waiting and waiting and waiting for that to come where they find. And so there's no relationship, perhaps. And the worst part at sometimes they might like think that what they did was right. Yes, it's even worse. So are you in prison to that? Like, are you in prison to that the rest of your life waiting for them to wake up? And to, and to come crawling back to you and say, I, I realize I screwed up and I hurt you. Will you please forgive me? Listen, that may never happen. Chances are you're never going to get that. A lot of people in this world don't think they're ever wrong. They're never going to apologize. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you can do to get past that? So another quick question I have for you. I want your perspective on this because of how important this topic is. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of people who have zero room in their life for God? Like no room but they really expect and operate from a filter of forgiveness. Like yeah. they, how much do, is this embedded as a common uh, way that we think about conflict and offenses that people naturally go to this idea of forgiveness? Yeah. I, I think there is something embedded in our culture that is um, almost hardwired in us. Hmm. And there's a lot of things that are hardwired in us. Like for example, a conscience, You know, why do we have a conscience? Mm -hmm. Whether we believe in God or not, we still tend to feel bad about certain things and feel good about others. Mm -hmm. Why do we still feel guilt and shame about stuff that happens? And I think (laughs) part of it is that that desire, like, I know that if I, if somebody hurts me, um, I want the opportunity to make things right. And, and if, and if I hurt them, they should have opportunity to make things right with me. So there is this underlying fundamental truth that's hardwired into every human being that desires this. But the prison is this, the prison we live in is no matter what you believe about God, 
is that we think it can only happen. There can only be forgiveness if they apologize. Right. And what we're going to say here today might be, you know, a bit radical and maybe challenge your assumptions. But I would argue, I would, I would suggest that you can also practice forgiveness whether they ever apologize or not, Mm -hmm. because there's something you can do independently that brings you benefit, that gives you value. And I would go so far as to say that this is what Jesus was getting at in his teachings, Mm -hmm. that he commanded us to forgive one another. And we say, well, how can you command us to do something if they're never going to apologize? Yeah. I I can't give forgiveness because they never apologize. Well, what if Jesus was also talking about a form of forgiveness that Mm -hmm. you can give that gives you freedom regardless of what they do or don't yeah. do. And one of the places you and I have seen this a lot to make it more practical for for you, our listeners, is in scenarios when you get in circles and people are sharing their life stories and we're talking mm-hmm. about all the different things that have had an impact on us. We've, we've been a part of many group process situations and you start to hear somebody's story where uh, the scenario might go that it's uh, a lot of offense from a parent. Mm-hmm. or a caretaker growing up and mm-hmm. how that's harmed their life. The beauty in in uh, resolution comes when you can actually go to a person and have conversations and someone might recognize that they've offended you and there's uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. That would be an ideal situation, but you don't always get that opportunity, no. especially if someone's passed on. Yep. And so I think when you have a scenario like that where someone's been deeply hurt and offended mm-hmm. and broken by mm-hmm. the actions or conduct of another person, but there's no opportunity for conversation or healing or reconciliation of the relationship, yeah. what do you do then? And I think that's what you're pointing at. Yeah, I want to make this very clear. Forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Yes. They really are. You can have forgiveness without reconciliation. And it would be absurd. Honestly, there are certain things that happen to people and such offenses and horrible things that occur. And maybe it was an adult or parental figure that hurt you when you were a kid and and they're gone, they're not interested, or they're dead. Is there any freedom for you? Because clearly you can't have reconciliation. And that's a huge question. It's a huge question. And and I would suggest that there is. Yes. There is and, and you it, reconciliation is beautiful. And certainly Jesus talked about that. There's a there is a, a conditional kind of forgiveness he, he mentioned in the gospels, and the apostles talk about it in the epistles, that in a relationship, if you want to be reconciled with another, there does need to be confession. Mm-hmm. There does need to be forgiveness and, and someone needs to ask for it. Otherwise, you can't have reconciliation. And I would say it's absurd to suggest that you need to go to your offender, the person who hurts you, and say, I forgive you. And then they say, well, I'm not asking for forgiveness. I never, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. That's totally absurd. Uh And to even say you need to do that without any attempt on their part to ask for it is absurd. What we're talking about is another kind of forgiveness that Jesus talked about and the apostles. That was a forgiveness that we can give to people that is unconditional, mm-hmm. that you can give to people whether they're alive or not, whether they ask for it or not, because the forgiveness benefits you. Mm. There is freedom to be had in forgiveness. And that's where we're going here. I mean, you mentioned earlier, Ben, but there is established research mm-hmm. that there are significant physical and mental health benefits that come with forgiveness. And these include less anxiety lower blood pressure, greater heart health, a stronger immune system, improved self-esteem, and better relationships. 
This stuff is scientific. There are actual net benefits that come if you're able to forgive. Now, here's a distinction. I want to make it. Jesus and the apostles, there were two different words that are translated forgive. Mm. And this is where a lot of Christians get messed up. Mm. Two of them. One of them means to pardon or send away. Mm. And that one is conditional. It's the one that God uses with us. Mm. We have to ask God to forgive us of our sins in order to be forgiven of our sins. Mm. The condition is we need to ask and then God will forgive. Yeah, there's a recognition of the offense. That's right. And then there's an opportunity of the offender. for reconciliation. Yes. So that's the pardoning kind of forgiveness. That's the formal kind, like in a court of law, you know, where you pronounce someone innocent or guilty. There needs to be a trial. And so in that trial, there needs to be proof and there needs to be, a, you know, a mm-hmm. confession. So that's one form. But what a lot of people don't understand is there's another word that's rendered forgiveness and it's unconditional. And it's the one that we are expected to do at all times with all people everywhere. Mm. And it means not to pardon. It means to give grace. Mm. You can give grace to anybody at any time, anywhere, alive or dead. And that giving of grace is a dispensation of the grace that God has given to you to be able to sort of let go of what someone has done to you so you can experience freedom to move on yeah to be able to live your life again you can actually do this and it has nothing to do with what their response their reply their return any reconciliation this is the kind of forgiveness that jesus and the apostles said we must do jesus never said that you have to forgive someone who hurts you and pardon them mm-hmm. as though what they did never happened to you. That's ridiculous. But you can give grace. And the benefit, the net benefit, is you. Yeah, lower anxiety, lower b- blood pressure, all the things that you listed. And to go back, that research that you referenced doesn't come from slouch organizations, mm-hmm. American Psychological mm-hmm. Association, mm-hmm. the Mayo Clinic, and John, Johns Hopkins. These are bona fide, legit health organizations in our society and culture that are informing a lot of things. So this idea and concept of forgiveness is critical, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. It's critical to our own mental health and our physical health mm-hmm. to figure out a way to understand it that makes sense in life and and works into it as an integrated skill in your life. I want to say something quickly about reconciliation and forgiveness and, and the uh, – reestablishment of trust. Mm-hmm. So we haven't done a session on trust yet in mm-hmm. the four dimensions. As you probably can see, Growth Junkies, we'll be adding to this curriculum over time. You probably have drawn some of that conclusion yourself. We don't feel like this is something that is fully complete as far as all the things we could talk about. Uh, we had someone recently mention trust would be a good one. Mm-hmm. So let's spend a little time talking about trust related to forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. If someone, if you go into a situation where you've been offended and you approach someone and they recognize the offense and you say, I forgive you and it's done, do we automatically go back to a whole uh, established place of trust like where we were in the first place? And the answer is no. I mean, trust, we all know the reality with trust is it's built and sustained. Mm And it's proven over a series of events mm-hmm. and, and, and years and time. And it takes forever to be rebuilt. It can be broken in an instant right. and take a long time to rebuild. Yeah. So there's no shortcuts to trust. So here's how I would answer that. I would say, you know what? To, to have a trust relationship with somebody else, 
that, that cannot be expected to happen. First, there is confession, there's repentance, mm-hmm. there's forgiveness extended, there's reconciliation, and then the beginning of trust is forged again. Yeah. So forgiveness doesn't imply trust. Not at all. Not at all. Trust is the end. You know, it's, it's where you want to get. But I will tell you this, my ability to forgive in the form of give grace to, to let go of what someone else did to me for my own benefit mm-hmm. is not because I trust them. It's because I trust God. Mm. I trust that I can give to others what God gives to me. And there's relief in the ability to say this is in some sense out of my hands. Yes. There's something bigger. My relationship with God and who he is can handle this, can carry it. And I'm going to allow that to take place. And trust in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. You know, this goes back to the philosophy of life. Mm-hmm. Um, forgiveness can really have its intended effect when you can rest in a sovereign God that you can trust to not only, you know, right what's been done wrong, mm-hmm. but to even bring judgment and consequence mm-hmm. on what's been done wrong and who's done it. Yeah. So for me, a lot of the, the, the ability to let go of offenses in my life is to be able to go to God and say, God, you know, you know what happened and you promised me, you promised the world in your word mm-hmm. that vengeance is yours and you will repay mm-hmm. and that you are just. See, to me, trust goes with justice. I can trust that God is just and no one gets away with anything. Mm -hmm. So God will hold them accountable. So I don't have to, I can let go because, and let it go into his hands because there's nothing I can do, Right. but I know he will do something about it. So I can now release it, let go of it, be free of it and move on with my life. So this would be a really sensitive topic and this may be the reality of some of our listeners in the past, like what about somebody who's either being constantly abused Mm -hmm. currently or was abused significantly for a large part of their life? I I think when I think about scenarios that would be really hard to forgive Mm -hmm. would be something like that. Yeah. It's just so challenging to get there where someone continues to offend over and over again with no remorse. Yeah with no desire to understand or see the pain that's being caused. And a person has to endure that in life. Yeah. And so uh, I will throw this out there. I thought about this. You know, this goes back to, you know, you know, if there's a God who's out there who identifies with us, you know, and if Jesus did come and die on the cross, yeah. why would he let that happen? <clears throat> well, that that's like, why would he allow that to happen? And, and if he, and, and, if it is his son and he allowed him to suffer like that and die like that, then God probably understands like what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I feel like if God is out there, then he's being traumatized by human beings all the time because we ignore him. We curse him. We spit in his face. We, we sin against him. I mean, constantly every day, if anyone understands what it's like to be constantly traumatized by other people, mm. I think the creator would understand that he probably feels it all the time or have the right to understand or it. have the right. Yeah. So here's the thing about God. What we know is that it says in, in the Bible that God loves people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. So I believe that God loves everyone, but God doesn't have a relationship with everyone. Right. And so I believe that that's true for us as well. I don't have to have, nor should I have a relationship with people who hurt me over and over and over again. I can love them in the sense of recognize their worth, their value as a human being and completely stay away from those people. 
you just live differently and, and, and just protect myself if necessary, get out. Yeah. And I, so I was going to say, read between the lines on this one, that mm-hmm. that's what we're saying here. Yeah. If you find yourself in one of those situations where you're being abused, your life is in danger, something like that, that do everything you can to find a place of safety. Yeah, I think about all kinds of people. I think of domestic violence. I'm thinking about abused children. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that live in situations where they're um, forgiveness, like giving grace even is very difficult because they're in this state of perpetual abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can give grace for your own benefit, but now is not the time. Now is the time to get out of that situation. Yeah. Seek protection. Seek safety. Um, and I think that it's okay. It's okay to, to get out of a, a violent or dangerous place in your life. And no one in their right mind is going to tell you to just overlook or to dismiss what's mm-hmm. been done to you. Once you're ready, when the time is right, there is freedom still, and you can be free of whatever's been done to you. But in the moment, the priority is to seek safety, seek health, seek protection. So, and this is horribly complicated for a lot of people. It is. You can't oversimplify and just say, well, you just need to forgive. That can do great damage to people. And there's been many of people in the past who have offered that as a solution to scenarios and situations Mm -hmm. That they know nothing about. Yeah. Oh, you just need to forgive them. Mm-hmm. Do you understand how complex this is? Right. How difficult, how uh, traumatizing. And, mm-hmm. and we throw pad answers sometimes at others. And so I think for you, our listeners, to understand, like, we've, tri- we've gone into some really complex discussion around scenarios here mm-hmm. related to this topic. And we just want you to know that we're sensitive to it. That it's not something um, that we take lightly. Yeah. And I want to circle back real quick to to trust quickly, because when if someone does who's offended you in a great deal comes to you and and recognizes all mm-hmm. and asks for forgiveness, what do you do then? And a lot, when I coach teams or or talk with individuals, mostly in organizational settings, I'll talk about trust and I'll I'll say is trust freely given or is it earned? And then I take kind of a survey of the group. Mm-hmm. Some say it's freely given. Some say it's earned. And the illustration really is this. It's both. Mm. It's like a coin. On one side, it says freely given. On the other side, it says earned. And you spin that coin on the table. And there's this reality of it's a balance of the two. Some trust is freely given by Mm. the nature of our relationships, and that can be lost. Mm -hmm. And then it has to be earned back. And there's this consistent balance of those two things going on when it comes to trust. Would you say real quick... If trust is given, um, but then it's broken, is it ever just given again freely? Well, or does it have to be earned every time? I think it time? has to be earned back. Okay, so that's the key there, is I after conflict and there. breakdown happens. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Like you get married, you make a commitment, a vow, trust is given freely perhaps. Yes. That's an example. But if it's ever broken and violated, it has to be earned. Yeah. So to be clear, to, to, gain, uh, to regain trust, it has to be earned. It can't be freely given. So after there's been pain, after there's been trauma, after there's been betrayal, then you have to earn it right across the board. Can I add one more thing here? Yeah. I think it's really important. I just, sure. when it comes to forgiveness, I mean, the, the same is conversely true. There's benefits to forgiveness that, that when you give grace to other people and you let go of how they've offended you and hurt you, you can, you can be freed from a lot. Um, the converse is also true. Holding on to anger and bitterness 
and shame and guilt also has negative health effects that actually it harms you. It causes you to wither away. And, and so uh, letting go of those things is, is almost completely in your, your control. You, you, no one can make you do that. You have to lay those things down. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those things are totally internal. And for a lot of people, I think the issue of self-forgiveness is mm. important. Briefly talk mm. about, I blame myself. Mm. It was my fault. I blew it. And I think that we continue to struggle with the shame and the guilt mm. that we hold on to because of what we've done, not, or what we've done to others. Right. And so I feel like you, if you're going to choose forgiveness for other people and to give them grace, you also need to do the same for yourself to be free and to really let go and move mm-hmm. on. You have to be able to forgive yourself yeah. to give yourself freedom. And that can be that internal conversation where you actually, you're asking yourself for forgiveness and you're choosing to forgive yourself and pardon mm-hmm. in a formal way, what you've done or what's been done to you. And that can be one of the hardest things oh, to do. It's horribly is dealing hard. internally with that stuff, but it's critically important, mm-hmm. right? Or it's the other one. It's giving yourself grace. We give grace to everybody else. We're so quick to say it's okay. And I forgive you, but we do not forgive ourselves. You can be very hard on our, very very critical on ourselves for sure. And the judge, the voice of the judge is very loud. And, and I think for a lot of people, the issue of forgiveness is clearly relational with other people. But for a lot of folks, it's internal. Yeah. It's with myself and I, and, and growth junkies, if you want to be free to really grow and deepen and develop as a person, you've got to learn to forgive others, right? Give them grace, but also to forgive yourself. Yeah. And so here's how we want to conclude. We at least want to give you a practical model on how to forgive. And this is found in our four dimensions of human health. A, a friend of ours, a guy we have a lot of respect for Dr. Henry cloud has this model for forgiveness. He says, first, you need to grieve the offense. Uh, Don't minimize the hurt caused. Don't try to uh, explain it away, dismiss it. It is what it is, and you have to acknowledge it as such. The second is to metabolize the offense. Process the impact of what was done. How did it really affect you? What went down and and what has it caused in your life? You need to identify specifically what that impact has had, what the impact has been on your emotional state, maybe your physical state across the board. And then the third was is to move on. You have to leave the offense behind, mm-hmm. which can be the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. And so I know that today I've found this discussion uh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. This is a very challenging topic, not an easy one to, to handle. And we hope it's been beneficial to you, our listeners, Growth Junkies. If you want to find out more about us, you can do so on our website at loveandtransformation.org. Certainly you have connection here to us through this podcast, but we also encourage you to send questions uh, or perspective or feedback if you have any. And we look forward to being with you next time.